I'm Matt. Wait. Something's wrong. Something's missing. What is it? Oh, that's right. Jamie's missing. Well, I'm Matt, and on behalf of Jamie, we are Shade Tree Chefs. All right. Uh, Jamie is gone. Uh, he's been um, gone for a couple of weeks doing some work stuff. Uh, we'll be back for next episode. Actually, we'll be back in a few days from when I, I am recording this. Um, it's been actually a, a couple, a fun couple of weeks. I know we've we've recently now switched to an every other uh, week format. Uh, so right after our, our last episode that dropped, um, I know I it was kind of mentioned that I was uh, I signed up for a cooking class, and I'm not going to keep this. Uh, you know, this isn't going to be the whole episode, but. Um, it was a 10-week class at a local restaurant here in Milwaukee called Braze. Um, through it, you know, we did knife skills and butchering, uh, stocks and sauces, uh, reductions, vinaigrettes, uh, meat and fish, butchering and, and cooking, uh, pasta. We made fresh pasta, vegetables and grains. Like we made a risotto. Uh, we made bread, focaccia, uh, pastry. Um, and, and then we did like a menu planning cause there's really, uh, what ends with a graduation a dinner, which turns out to be pretty much a eight to nine hour day of working in the restaurant, which I know everyone's probably like, wow, that sounds kind of weird. Um, it was amazing. It was, it was a lot of fun. So as a group on that last, that last class we kind of had went over wine pairing, wine tasting, and then we, we sat down and we talked about the what we wanted to cook. Um, and this was a closed event. Ended up being for, which we didn't find out till that morning. So we had to show up at a, a 11 a.m. Uh, it was 65 people. So this wasn't like, uh, this was an event. So everyone sat down at the same time. And when it was your turn, it was a four-course meal. Uh, there it was. You had to get out uh, fairly quickly all 65 orders um which brought up like wow you know we get there we we the last class we we, we talked about what uh ingredients and kind of some things we wanted to do and then um the the chef owner uh dave he he kind of put it together uh as a as a, a menu idea and we we had the opportunity to change things we didn't like you know kind of roll with it as it as it goes um, so with that, I mean, we had, uh, the four cores, we, we'd made focaccia. Um, we had a team that made herb, like it was like an herb crusted polenta frite with, uh, pea ricotta puree and arugula and radish salad. I could be a little bit wrong on this as this, uh, the, the list I have here was at the beginning of the day. Uh, second course was uh, a seared scallops, uh, with farro, a farro salad and, asparagus salad uh, with pesto. Uh, I was on the, the main course, which was pepperdelli with braised lamb and a mushroom and ramp ragu. So to, I, I kind of want to break this down. So we show up at 11 a.m. Dinner's at 6. Kind of meet in the classroom he has in the back of the restaurant. And it was first things first, that, that, that lamb has to start getting braised and the pasta has to get made. So we're the biggest group. There's four of us. And it's like, all right, I kind of, I don't want to say I got nominated, but I was kind of being pushed. I know uh, I'm a meat guy, right? Uh, I'm a shade tree chef. I, you know, I'm sitting there like, whoa, I'm just a shade tree chef here, you know? Uh, so I get to butcher the lamb. Um, 
I, I would say the bad thing about it was, uh, and I and I take that. Um, I want to say it was really bad, but we all had to split up. So you know, someone started on the pasta right away. So here I have like three lamb. I don't even know what cuts they were shanks. So I could see there was some rib cage, and then there was like maybe a shoulder bone to the neck bone, three huge hunks. So it's like all right, pretty easy to get um, you know that rib piece out, really kind of just out there. But the that 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 the bones underneath a little bit tougher to to navigate, right? Because can't see them. I was trying to get one inch by one inch uh, pieces, which at times I mean the meat just wasn't thick enough. Um, so I start doing that someone's making the rub for it um i I said someone's starting with the pasta the pepper deli uh and then someone was going to start braising i'm sorry not braising they're going to start um what's the word i'm looking for uh well not charring um uh browning the meat that's it so you know i'm going I, i i probably get through one maybe one and a half, boom, put it in a bowl. She, she takes it out, starts doing her thing, finish it up, get the rest. I go take the bowl from her, give her the rest of it. At that point, uh, I was uh, did raise my hand to be on the focaccia team, which at 1 o'clock was like, that's when we're going to meet to start making the dough and all of that for that. So uh, before then, I, and actually a partner that was – starting on the dough for our pasta was still sitting there really getting the egg yolks uh, separated so to put it in perspective for enough uh, pasta for 65 people it took uh, if now he's the one that counted it I believe it was 120 egg yolks 18 whole eggs uh, and 36 cups of flour so he's not even done separating the the egg yolks at this point. So I hop in, you know, help take care of that, kind of get that. He's going to go mix it. I go kind of help out with the focaccia. I come back and the whole team is sitting there kneading this dough. And I, I felt bad. I'm the only one there on this team, not, not helping out with that. Um, all said and done. Uh, it, it took us, I, I think it was, I mean, obviously he started, I, I want to say by the time we really got going in the kitchen, 11.45 or noon. So, I mean, he was nonstop, and the rest of us, like I said, I'll say 1, maybe one fifteen to like 5.30, working this pasta. You know, we work the dough, have to let it rest, check it, you know, uh, re-knead it, let it rest a little bit more. Then, I mean, we had three stand mixers, you know, the KitchenAid uh, with, the, with the pasta attachments running it through. So um, we actually only started with two. I'm cutting hunks of, of the of the dough kind of rolling it out so it could go through the machines right three machines four of us so i'm doing that and eventually we have like 10 massive sheet pans filled with rolled out pasta it's like okay well we're you know we're running out of room so it's like time to cut so we kind of shifted i started rolling it cutting it and we just kind of kept going and i said it was a long process uh dinner started unfortunately I, you know i don't uh know how everyone else's went because uh kind of on, on my own course um it, it, everyone helped out each other when it came to serving uh and and, and the last course actually was like a, a lemon cream and poached rhubarb and shortbread like crumble 
I, I really didn't get to try much of anything uh, other than my own dish. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it was a lot of work. Like I said, I'm not, not going too deep into it. Um, it was a long day. It went by fast, really fast. It was it was a lot of fun. Like I got done, and I was like, "Can we do this next Sunday?" As crazy as it sounds, um, kind of you kind of got that that feel of how it how uh, you know a, a real um, restaurant operates. Although ours was a little different circumstance, I guess maybe you could say it more like a catering style event, right? Like a wedding where you kind of plate serve everybody to the table. Uh, but just an amazing experience. It was a, it was a lot of fun uh, that I, I would do again. And if you're in the Milwaukee area, and it seems cool. Like I said, I'm not trying to advertise for it, but it was it was really cool. Uh, but anyways, moving on for that, I, I, I had to bring it up uh, just simply because it was fun for me, and I think everybody in the, in the class uh, enjoyed it. A lot of hard work, um, but it, it paid off. You know, we, we were trying new things as we went, uh, which was, which was a lot of fun. So moving on to the the real topic uh, of this week uh, was Father's Day, uh, which was this past Sunday. So leading up, kind of asked my dad, "Hey, you know, what do you want to do?" and he said he wanted me to cook for him. So I don't know, it was like Wednesday or Thursday. I'm like, I should probably reach out, see what, what he wants to eat. And he says, well, just, just keep it simple. You know, just do like brats and hamburgers. I'm like, Dad, you know, I, I can't do that uh, for a couple of reasons. First off, we get sick of brats and burgers, right? Summer's just getting going here, at least in Wisconsin. Granted, we've had nice weather, uh, grilling weather, but... Maybe not necessarily um, tons of days where you're just hanging outside all day. Um, and second off, I I have to do a podcast, right? I, I need something to cook, I, something to do. So I said, all right, well, whatever. So I asked him, I said, what do you want? Well, I, I don't know, you know, so I give him a day. So, you know, I said, let me know. Get nothing from him. So, all right, it's on me now. Um, so a couple... And I could be wrong in this. I remember going to a, a local German establishment, and and my father was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like German food." And then he had it, and he said he really liked it. Now he doesn't really remember it, but I believe it was uh, beef, beef roulade. I might be mispronouncing that. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, let's try that. It's it's one of those things that I've kind of had in my head of, of trying to make. So so let's do it. So how are we going to round this off? So uh, I used what uh, tried and true because I've done it before, and you can find it on our website. I'm not really going to talk about it because uh, we already have is uh, the red cabbage recipe we used. Uh, like I said, recipe is on our website. Um, good recipe. I, I enjoy it. So we got the roulade. We have we have the um, Red cabbage, and I was thinking, what what else do I do? Do I do a like a gnocchi, uh, which we we did do, and and that actually the same episode. And I started thinking, I started looking a little bit, and I'll never be able to pronounce the, the proper name for it. But decided to do a like a German uh, bread dumpling. Um, and then I was like, well, let's do dessert. And one thing going back to the class that we did was like a was a tart like a custard-filled tart with fresh fruit on it. And I said, you know what? I, I really enjoyed that. I'll do that. I know I can, 
I know I should be able to pull it off, right? Um, so the night before, I knew we were busy. We went over to the in-laws that Saturday night, get home. Like, well, let, let's get going. I'm going to make the custard. I'm going to make... I'm going to make the uh, the dough for the uh, for for the dessert, right? Let's get that out of the way. Um, and I, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this properly because I, I believe the crust is it's it's French. It's like pat secure, maybe s e c r e. Um, and you can you can Google it, right? You'll come up with a bunch of recipes. Really, it's it's you know, uh, a bunch of pastry flour. Like this recipe I found was five, 510 grams of pastry flour, uh, 350 grams of unsalted but softened butter, uh, one egg and a, a, a pinch of pinch of salt. So yeah. And I actually messed up a batch. Uh, <laughs> I had mixed all of the dry ingredients together and not just the pastry flour and the uh, salt, right? So essentially you take, uh, you take your softened butter and your sugar, put them in a stand mixer is best, and just turn it on and let it get kind of to that fluffy state. At that point, you add your egg, turn it back on, you know, scrape your sides if it's sticking. So sticking, so everything kind of mix up. And then, um, then add your, your flour in, Get it just to where it's just combined. Then you can kind of roll it up. I put it in the fridge. I, you know, I, no real resting, right? You don't have any like uh, yeast or anything. It's not going to rise on you. Uh, and really, in hindsight, it, it almost reminds you of uh, like a. I don't want to say it exactly, but almost like a graham cracker like crust. So I'll get that going. I'm gonna make the custard or the the pastry cream. Um, there again. Plenty of recipes out there. Uh, this one called for uh, three egg yolks, uh, 60 grams of granulated sugar, uh, a little cornstarch, about 15 grams, about 125 milliliters of heavy cream and milk, 125 each, uh, a little bit of unsalted butter, around 15 grams, and a quarter ta- teaspoon sorry, of vanilla extract. So... Uh, this one, this one actually kind of kind of freaked me out as I was doing it again, and I've made this once before. Uh, when I was in the class, you put the yolks in a uh, in a bowl, whisk in the sugar, cornstarch, um, and then you bring the cream and milk, kind of get it. Not, I don't want to say to a boil, but you get it where it's steaming, uh, and then you you slowly, slowly pour about half the mixture uh, from that pan into your bowl, uh, which has your egg. And you whisk it. And then once that's kind of combined, you, you pour that back into your pot where the other half of your egg mixture is. Uh, I'm sorry, your, not your egg mixture, your milk and cream mixture is. Uh, and then bring it to a boil. And um, you, 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 well, I shouldn't say to a boil. You bring it till it, it starts thickening. So you're going, and I'm whisking, and um, at a certain point, as you're going, this isn't like a slow thickening. It was like, here it was, like, you went from having just these ingredients that are almost soup-like to where it's like when you scramble eggs, right? 
it starts hardening up. It's like, oh, I, I had it too hot. You know, the eggs are scrambling. I mean, this thing's, I've ruined it, you know, so I just keep going, keep going, take it off the heat, boom, thickens up. So I'm like, well, I got I to gotta try it. It, it was exactly how, how it, it should be, you know, but like I said, I was scared because big time when you get like, uh, a lot of times you get like hollandaise sauce or anything where you're adding egg to a warm mixture, the biggest thing is uh, that you don't scramble your eggs, right? You want to slowly cook them and not scramble them. Uh, so I get all that, put it, put it in the fridge, let that go overnight. Next morning, um, you know, I get going on everything else. Uh, the beef, 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 bleh, I cannot talk today. The beef roulade um, called for uh, eight slices of top round beef, about four by six inches in size and a quarter, quarter inch of thickness. So I, I go to a local grocer. Because, you know, I, I don't, I've, I came up with this probably on Friday. Uh, I think it was Friday and go to the store the same day. So um, I stopped at home, thought of it all, just went to the store, grabbed it. Well, I, I go to the store and I, I found I found they actually had top round beef. And I eyeballed him. Like, that seems about a quarter inch thick. And it came in two slices. But I'm like, these are pretty big. So I, I bought two packages of them. Now, it does tell you. Uh, when you're doing it, uh, is to pound it, right, to get it under that that quarter inch. Uh, disclaimer right now, these were thicker than a quarter of an inch. Uh, the other issue I ran into is I cut the first one, I cut the first piece, um, instead of like lengthwise, I cut it widthwise, right? So uh, against the grain instead of with the grain. And then I looked at, at the picture on the recipe and it, it looked like it was with the grain, so I'm like, oh, I already messed this up. Well, I have three other pieces. We'll cut it. No, I should have, I should have, honestly, in hindsight, I should have just left them as they were and rolled them. Other issue I did run into was, uh, like I mentioned, these were thicker than a quarter inch thick. I mean, these were three eighths, you know. Um, so I'm pounding them, you know. I'm pounding, pounding. I cut. I'm pounding again. Uh, and, and like I said, I, I cut some of them with the grain. So then when I went to roll them, it, it was, it wasn't very wide. So it was, you, you couldn't really tuck, you know, at one point in the recipe it says, well, take, take the beef off on the edges and tuck it in to kind of hold everything in. Yeah. You know, in, in hindsight, uh, probably should have looked a little bit more, but, uh, so, so anyways, back, back to the recipe. Um, so you take your, your, your beef, pound it out, have it cut however you want. You want to do full pieces. If I would have taken those four pieces, left them whole, I could have rolled them all up. So it, it called for, you know, a third cup of, uh, like a German yellow mustard. I really, that's more of an eyeball, uh, kind of coat it. Think of, uh, you're coating a, a brisket or a pulled pork or, or ribs, right? Your, your binder. Uh, that's kind of how I, I took it. That may, maybe a little bit thicker. Because for this, you're, there's really not much you're trying to get to stick to it, right? You're going to roll it in there anyways. Um, bacon, so there again, depends how many you're, you're making. Um, it called for eight slices, whatever. Throw a piece, So you get your mustard down, throw your bacon down. Then take, um, called for German pickles sliced lengthwise. So I'm looking, I go to the store and... Yeah, I see dill pickles. I see, um, 
I forgot the other uh, popular one, but then the, the gherkins is, you know, what I was thinking. And they're just these little guys, right? You can find dill pickles, a sandwich slice. And in hindsight, I should have probably just tried those because uh, they're nice meaty size. So I got these little guys and I'm trying to just slice them up. Uh, I mean, which worked. I was able to get, you know, a few cuts done on each of them um, roll, to, to roll it in there. So, boom, lay down the bacon. I'm spacing out these pickles. Um, not really sure how, you know, I'm, we're kind of, we're going to kind of adjust as we roll. And then, uh, it also called for like a, a, one medium yellow onion chopped. Um, and I apologize before you put the mustard, I, I, I threw some, uh, salt and pepper, took my grinders, kind of just covered it a little bit. Um, and then it was rolling it. Um, and like I said, some of them were a little thin. I used butcher twine. You could use toothpicks and I tied them off. Uh, worked out all right. Like I said, a couple of them were thin. The first two where I thought I messed up were probably the nicest. They were, weren't the thickest. They were the longest. Um, and I'll get uh, a little more in, into uh, some of that uh, a little bit later when we, my, kind of my review of it. Uh, so if you kind of, you, you get those in the pan, you, you brown them. Uh, and then really the next step is you're kind of making your gravy and I've done, um, I actually covered, I want to say episode one of, of season two, um, where I did the, uh, the beef ribs, rib tips. Um, no, not rib tips, spare ribs, beef, spare ribs, whatever it was. Um, and that gravy, you know, I had to work, I had to add things to it where, where this was said and done. It was just getting it thick and it was, it was amazing. So get some butter, uh, some cooking oil, a, a medium yellow onion chopped. It called for one clove of garlic minced, a small leek, a large carrot, a large uh, celery stalk. Um, so you kind of cho- chopped all them up, put the onion in, right? I browned my meat in the pan, didn't clean it. Uh, get this little more oil, a little butter in there. I throw the onions in, get those translucent, add the celery stalk, the carrot, the leek, let those go for a little bit and then add a cup of dry red wine. At this point, we're going to deglaze, deglaze the, the pan from any brown bits uh, that are sticking. So you kind of let that go boil for, you know, a couple of minutes uh, and then add it. It, it. The recipe called for two cups of strong beef broth. With that being said, I used um, beef stock simply because uh, a beef broth, as it boils down it reduces it's not going to increase in flavor right it's just gonna you don't have any marrow in it with the beef stock you can actually make that a glaze a demi glaze um so I, I went that route knowing that some of this is gonna cook off and as it does it's just gonna bring more of that beef flavor to my dish uh, a tablespoon of tomato paste uh, a bay leaf you know it called for a little you know, salt, pepper, um, at the end, uh, we'll get to that where it was, um, when we get there. So kind of get that all in there, put the meat, nestle it in there, cover it in my Dutch oven, um, put it on the grill, put it in the oven, however you want to do it, about 325 for roughly 90 minutes or until you can kind of cut through it. You know, the, the, the meat is tender. Um, and really, uh, really when you, when you look at, uh, what this calls for, it's, it's much like I've made um, a few other Italian dishes, and you have, as they call it, sofrito, 
which has your carrots, celery, and uh, onion, right? Uh, and eat a lot of tomato sauces. Start with that. So it's like, and, and I, I don't remember the uh, the uh, French term for for what they they call that that base to that sauce. Um, so get for it ninety minutes. Remove you remove the cooked beef, and then you would add um, some chilled butter and some cornstarch or flour just for thickening. You know, kind of, I, I kind of eyeballed it, added a little bit, you know, have it back on the heat to thicken. At this point, I'm going to also taste it, right? See if see if I need to re-season it. Um, I liked where it was. I mean, it wasn't too salty. I mean, it was a very flavorful um, uh, gravy. Actually, I did miss one point. Um, after I removed the meat, I then strained it to get uh, with a colander to get all the hunks of uh, carrot, onion, leek, onion out of it, and I chose to. Uh, I could have just left them in there as as is, and then you'd have little chunks of it. But I decided I'm going to throw it in the blender, kind of puree them, right? They'll they'll chop up a little easier, seeing that they're cooked and at this point mush, essentially, right? So I puree that, pour it back in with the mixture, mix it in there. Right there, you know, my thought was it's gonna it's it's gonna do two things. I know we ex- extracted a lot of flavor, um, but it's also going you know it, it still has a little bit left in it, and also it's it's gonna help act as a little bit of a thickening agent in itself, right? Um, so I want to do that instead of having to add other things to it. I decided to use a little cornstarch, um, threw it in there, you know, let let it on the, the stovetop for a little bit. Uh, and then put the meat back in, kind of warm it back up. Now, this doesn't take a, a lot of time, but put it in, uh, and then I was just kind of spooning the gravy over it um, to cover it and help help moisten it. I really, at that point, I really wasn't turning them because, all honesty, some of this meat was kind of coming apart at this point. I will admit, I, I did go a little over the 90 minutes just due to company, uh, being over, uh, my sister did stop over, so I probably went. I probably went fifteen twenty minutes after that ninety minute mark, just simply uh, not to get up. She was not going to stay for dinner, um, and I knew it wouldn't hurt the meat or anything, so it, it it was in a little bit longer. Nothing wrong with it, um, and voila, there 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 it was. Um, I thought. Uh, my review of it was the meat was too thick. I think, and I would do it again. I would get the the round beef. I would I try getting a big hunk of it and and cut it myself. Right. I have a I have a meat slicer because um, as I rolled it and as I ate it, uh, the beef to filling ratio was 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 off. Uh, the filling kind of got lost. The beef had good flavor. Uh, like I said, the gravy was was really good. Didn't have to mess with that at all. But some of those, the innards, uh, you kind of lost the the pickle in there, the, the onion, um, kind of non-existent, you know, in, in that role. Uh, with that being said, too, I'd probably, like I said earlier, I wouldn't cut that. I would get the, my, my nice big piece and so be it, right, and stuff it. You know, I think I went a little light on the stuffing I did, but also I think I messed up with how I cut it, which didn't help me while I was trying to, to, to roll it to keep everything in. 
So I'd, I'd keep that big piece. Make sure you can get it thin. I, I think like like if you if you've made a schnitzel before, right? Nice uh, thin, because um, at that point you, you can get that ratio a little bit better, where you can taste uh, either that piece of bacon or uh, the the pickle or onion that 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 might blend in a little more. Where I think it it kind of got lost with this. Um, still, it was it was good. You know, I mean, you think of a roast. You know, a beef roast with a, a really nice gravy. It, you know, it was success for that, but I, I think it probably missed a little bit on the Roulon piece of it. And, and I will admit, I've I've never had it at a restaurant, so I guess maybe I should go try it, and I, I could be a little bit of a, a better judge. Um, obviously, uh, like I said, we mentioned before the uh, we've had an episode before red cabbage that turned out just as good as what I remember. Um, the other unknown was the bread dumpling and, uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit and then backtrack. So while reading the recipe, when you actually cook it, it says, Hey, get it to just before boiling where you get a few bubbles coming up to the top and, and kind of breaking. Um, cause if, if you get it to a boil, your bread dumplings are going to, they're just going to fall apart. You're just disintegrate. So, well, this isn't good because I have zero backup plans for this. I messed up in one other spot. I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I didn't mess up. So I bought, a, it called for white bread. Or if you could find in like an unseasoned, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, unseasoned like a bread stuffing that's already cubed up for you that works. So I, I bought it. It was just like white bread, um, bread rolls. Went to the grocery store, got it. Uh, this called for 11 ounces. I think it was like 13. So I take it out of the package, leave it out. I actually put it in the stove just so my cat's going to get at it. Um, day of, get it out. I start chopping it outside, you know, almost like that crouton from drying out, but inside was still, was still tender, right? Like, like how we think bread should be. Um, it called for, uh, then at that point to get hot milk. Uh, one cup of it, and then dump it over 11 ounces of your breadcrumbs. And I, I did measure this out. So I did have leftover breadcrumbs, and I, I thought to myself at that point, well, I don't need these anymore, and I threw them away. Uh, later in the recipe, it says, after the mixture is there and it seems uh, too moist, do not add flour. Add more breadcrumbs. Or, you know, your your crusty bread. So i like, oh, well... There goes that idea. I I threw it away. So I'm like, well, all right, what's our backup plan? So I open the fridge. Well, Matt needs to go grocery shopping. I look in the fridge. I have zero bread. So it's like I'm sitting there thinking, all right, how am I going to do this? Because I really don't have a backup plan. Uh, well, yeah, I probably have some breadcrumbs, you know, like, uh, but probably like panko or something. It's like, I guess worst case, I'll grab that. I'm like, do I not put all the milk in? I said, no, it's just. Let's just put all the milk in. So, so, anyways, put all the milk in. Wait 20, 30 minutes for it all to kind of get incorporated. Um, yeah, uh, off on the side during that period of time, took a, a quarter cup of finely diced uh, yellow onion and a, a tablespoon of butter, give or take, and then kind of, you don't want to charm, just get them translucent, pull them. Uh, an optional thing in this recipe was some bacon, diced and then fried until crisp. Um, called for four strips so I you know I'm like you know what that sounds good let's do it 
So I cook, I, I cut the bacon. I try getting it really small, right? Because I'm thinking bread dumpling. I don't want big hunks of bacon, but I, I kind of want to bring that saltiness, that, that bacon, well, bacon to it, right? I mean, what isn't good with bacon? So I kind of make that ahead of time as everything's soaking. Um, and then you add, so so it's, uh, you know, the the egg, the the egg, I'm sorry, not the egg, the bread and milk mixture is all, all mixed together. Um, the two large eggs, kind of lightly beaten, put it in there. Three tablespoons of uh, freshly chopped parsley, fresh parsley. Uh, I didn't add any salt because of the bacon. Uh, I had a pinch. They called for a quarter teaspoon of freshly, freshly ground black pepper and an eighth teaspoon of ground nutmeg. And then breadcrumbs as needed. So mixing it all together, kind of get it um, all, all well, all well mixed together. Um, and then <laughs> it's kind of funny because they said um, form into tennis ball sized, you know, balls. So I'm like, all right, I got four out of it. It called for, I think it said four to seven. I got four. There's four people here that you know that, that I have to feed. So I'm like, all right kind of get them I'm I won't lie I'm at this point I'm a little worried about the consistency it's like I get them together and and then reading the recipe thinking of if you boil the meat they will fall apart and that's the last thing I want so I'm like man these are these seem looser than what they should be so I roll them up like I'll just put them in the fridge you know maybe that'll cool them up a little bit maybe the egg will cool up maybe it'll bind together a little better. Um, so I get my pot going, right? At this point, um, I waited to get this cooked. Um, I waited I waited to drop this in the water till I put my beef back into the gravy and just kind of have that warming up. So that way everything, the timing would, I didn't have cold meat or, or cold uh, dumplings. So I got these massive, four, four massive uh, dumplings, drop them nicely into this water and, and cook for 15 to 20. I want the full 20 just, just in case, um, carefully spoon them out and then uh, assemble. So, you know, uh, uh, put the, some red cabbage. I, I put, I actually went back after tasting the gravy on the meat and the, uh, the bread dumpling. I went back and grabbed more gravy and put it over the bread dumpling personal opinion on the bread dumpling i think it was done well i think it was a decent recipe for me it's just a little weird like i was i'm not one for soggy cereal right like if i eat cereal it's gotta be nice and crisp and for me that outer part because it's just been not boiling but you know cooked in a a warm bath um it, it was soft right? Soft bread. I don't like soggy bread. Um, innards, I mean, flavor was fine. So once I got past that, that outer layer, I had no problem with it. I thought it was good. I think it went over well. I think my, my father was the kind of the biggest, um, skeptic of it. And, uh, after he, he bit into it, he, he really enjoyed it. Um, so that was, that was good. Cause I, I, I did go out on a limb deciding to go uh, and cook a, a German meal uh, based on what I thought he once enjoyed. Uh, for someone who really doesn't enjoy that cuisine, um, he at least lied well to me and said it was really good. 
So I'll take it. Like I said, I thought it was good. Um, so anyways, back to the tart. So I bought uh, some strawberries, and then they had a uh, mixed like container. had, uh, what was it, uh, blueberries, uh, blackberries, I believe, and raspberries. So I kind of cut them up, and I left them off to the side. So everyone kind of could kind of uh, assemble their tart as they wanted. Um, so before they got there, I decided to put the custard inside the tarts themselves. Um, and I didn't want to do it too early, fearing that the custard would make, uh, would ruin the integrity of my crust, right? Make it soft, make it soggy. Uh, one thing I, I do recall from that class was, I think it was like, a took, took like some sort of chocolate, had it melted and then kind of line it, um, and to kind of create that, that barrier between um, the crust and then uh, your, your custard or caramel. Um, I, I didn't do that. I, I just waited probably an hour prior, put it in there. Uh, it did not ruin any integrity of it. But what I did notice is because I had, oh, I had refrigerated the custard overnight, it was, it was kind of hard. So I went to, uh, or I shouldn't say hard, it thickened up. So I went to spoon it into my crusts and it, it it was a little tougher, like it, it presentation-wise wasn't the greatest because it wasn't nice and smooth. Had I gotten it uh, maybe cooled down, right, poured into into the crust, and then put it in the refrigerator to kind of cool down, it would have been, you know, from pouring it a lot, lot smoother, right, more of a glossy finish, Um and then, you know, like I said, I cut the, the it was serve yourself. There, there was the fruit. Throw on what you want and enjoy. And, uh, I mean, that's just, I, I really enjoy that. Like, I, I think I could eat that for, for breakfast. Um, I, I didn't even say how you bake it, so <laughs> uh, my apologies. So I, I baked it at, I believe it was 325 for like 20 minutes. I actually looked online because that was one thing I wasn't sure I didn't remember because uh, they kind of did it off the side during the cl- class was that baking of that. Um, I'm like, I don't know how, how I bake it. So I looked at a few recipes. I went a little longer time, a little lower temperature. Um, and it turned out well, although I did notice because I ended up doing two batches because I had enough of the, the crust was um, I wasn't, I was poking holes in the bottom, but it, like not fully. And what I noticed is the dough kind of rose up, or the crust kind of rose up, and it kind of took away some of that surface area. So the second batch, I made sure to to stab them well, get them all the way through. That kept them that kept them a little flatter, um, still a little rise on them, but all in all, not bad. I mean, I did have the uh, tart shells or, or you know pans, so to say, like I think they're about four inch. Um, but it turned out well, um, all in all, I, I thought it was a, a good dinner. Like I said, that walk away, you, you cook something for the first time, you're gonna, you're gonna run into some things, right? You're gonna, you're gonna learn from that experience. And for me, it was, uh, doing a rolled meat, right? It's not something, now I'm thinking about, it, I haven't stuffed anything really. I've, I've never really rolled a meat like this and then cooked it. I mean, I've braised things, I've, I've cooked things a lot of different ways, but I've never done like a roll, right? Like the roulade. So, uh, I mean, a lot of good points taken, you know what, go to the butcher, 
have them tell them quarter inch, pound it out so it's thinner. Don't be afraid to make one big one, right? Or a couple big ones and just cut it in half and then share it, right? And don't be afraid and then don't skip out on the, in, on, on the insides of it. Like I said, I was like, I, I was a little worried that I have too much pickle in it or too much onion. Um, and really I, I, what I, where I ran into the issue, had I done more would have been, uh, it would have been just squirting out because of how thin a couple of my pieces ended up being. Um, so I hope, uh, you, you all give it a try if you haven't, or you can chuckle at me in my attempts to do it. Um, good recipe, great meal, uh, and even better was, uh, being able to spend time, uh, with my father, um, that doesn't last forever. So, uh, if you're fortunate enough to, you know, you gotta, you gotta cherish those times, family, friends, uh, when, while you have it, right. So cook, try different things, uh, and have fun, right. It's not always going to work out, but, um, you know, it's fun. The journey, the journey is the fun part. So, uh, with that, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Jamie, on behalf of, of Jamie, I'm Matt and we are, Shade Tree Chefs.